Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back. And we're going to go right to the phones because we just have a lot, a lot to talk about here today. Um, and with a with a, one of our favorite contributors, and he's, uh, of course, the young man's father who we just wished his son happy birthday, also works with him at Tightline Outdoors, and that's Mr. Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I, I'm doing really, really well, um, except I'm conflicted. Um, it was 68 degrees on my patio yesterday. And I had. Plenty. I uh, I believe that. Terry. I, I, I believe that. Of course, it was eight this morning, and I was out on the ice last week at Douglas, not far from my house. I I talked to the guys at Pueblo. They got the they got summer water levels, and they're boating there. And I just talked to Bernie, and there were three boats out on Granby, so I could go to Shadow Mountain and ice <laughs> fish. I could take my boat. I could fish Granby for a couple hours, then I could ice fish Shadow Mountain and catch a bunch of trout and kokanee. So I, I don't know if this is the best of all worlds or if I'm in this, if I just don't know what to do. I, I would say for me personally, as a very dedicated ice angler, as of, uh, as of you know, this portion of the time of December, um, I am very stressed out about the, uh, the current conditions. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Mother Nature's there. Um, you know, we have changing conditions all around the state. I mean, there's a lot of places that are, are building ice very rapidly. There's a lot of places that are... 100% open water. There's a lot of places that are are losing ice, so it's uh, it's kind of a weird combination of, of everything. And obviously, a lot of people have been following uh, everything that we're doing here at Tightline. We have a uh, major event scheduled for January 6th, which is next weekend at Chatfield. Um, that ice, we were not comfortable saying that we think that event's going to be a go. We uh, we always have a backup plan. Our backup plan is to fall to Wellington. Um, literally on Monday evening, I was standing on Wellington on. Six, a little over six inches of ice. Um, hard, clear ice felt amazing. Um, on Thursday morning, um, we were just wrapping up basically a two-day windstorm of winds upwards to 90 miles an hour, um, and it absolutely shredded the lake. There's now several hundred yards of open water to fish, where I had literally been ice fishing on six-plus inches um, 48 hours previous to that. Um, so there's no doubt there is uh, some major changes happening of ice conditions, of plans, of, of all that kind of thing. So um, it's just one of those uh, one of those years where everybody's got to use caution, be safe, and take advantage of the opportunities near you, for sure. Well, and there are ice fishing opportunities, and we're still going to get good ice fishing opportunities. You know, the front range season may be a little shorter than it's been the last few years, but that's not always – but that happens off and on. Um, Definitely. And I think the – Biggest thing, and I, I, both with you and then after, I'm going to go update a few waters that I've been able to get out, and we'll we'll talk talk about some places. But there are places you can ice fish. But when you have these change of conditions, one thing I really want to touch about you before we even talk about any place to ice fish is the fact that you know we preach about what what there's no such thing as safe ice, but we give guidelines. You know, this many inches will hold this, this many inches will hold that. In fact, those are on my Facebook page at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. But experienced ice fishermen also know the quality of the ice is so important. 12 inches of bad ice won't hold as much as two inches of good ice, and you know that. With this melting and thawing we've had, um, caution, we just don't want any tragedies. And caution, just 
you can get out and ice fish. We can, we're going to tell you some places. But the way these conditions are changing, Nate, um, you just got to be cautious. What are some of the recommendations you give to people? You know, the biggest thing is obviously carrying a spud bar is everything. Uh, I can tell you that this year at Antero, the spud bar uh, totally saved me. You know, I was walking around on six-plus inches of ice, you know, where I felt very cautious, very, very careful, uh, or excuse me, very comfortable um, on very rough, hard, solid, clear ice, you know, great ice. Um, and I was actually walking up to a pressure ridge, and the pressure ridge had lifted the ice almost 15 feet away from it and obviously had some major thawing. Um, so I was 15 feet from a pressure ridge, and I was splitting every little step I took, um, and I hit a little patch about an inch and a half. And uh, had I not had the spud bar, uh, I probably would have stepped there and possibly could have uh, taken a swim. So spud bar is everything to me. Um, but ice quality is everything, I think, more so than thickness. Everybody talks thickness, and I think it's a good guideline to think of. Um, but for me personally, I am all about the quality far more than uh, than the actual true measurement of that ice, um, and that's everything. Or you, uh, you know, you check it. And like what I personally do, what I think very few people do, um, is I take a spud bar and I actually chisel out uh, a perfect circle. In Colorado, you got to have a ten-inch diameter circle or smaller. Um, you know, so you got to have a, a fairly small hole. But uh, I actually chisel, you know, ice under eight inches. But I can spud bar a ten-inch circle, and I can actually pull a piece of ice out in contact. Um, and I can pull that out, and I can look at it. You know, if you are solid, clear ice from top to bottom, you're on great ice. But if you pull that out and you're, you know, gray, watery, kind of snow coneish on top and bottom and just clear in the middle, all I measure is the clear. All I care about is the good ice. I don't care about the, the measurement of the bad ice. So um, ice quality is absolutely everything. And as a tournament director, obviously, the Ice Edition Tournament Series, um, we're doing core samples all across the state, whether we're doing it with a chainsaw or doing it with a spud bar. Um, we do core samples around the clock. Yesterday, we actually put on uh, 600 miles on my um, driving around the state, checking ice, catching up on tournaments, making sure we have our plans in order, um, things like that. So, like, right now at Chatfield, uh, right at the swim beach, you actually have three and a quarter inches of ice. Um, fairly good quality ice. The top, uh, top, say, three-eighths inches of the ice is a little soft from all the heat. Uh, underneath that, you're on, on good ice, so you have two and seven-eighths inches of, of pretty solid ice. Um, way back by Fox Run, you have about four inches of ice. Uh, Roxborough Cove. Uh, which is basically uh, east of the marina there. You have four inches, and the main lake was uh, between two and a half and three, uh, and that was yesterday at 2 p.m. Um, I was up in the Grand Bay, kind of like Bernie updated, Grammy's wide open, Shadow Mountain's all covered, and Grand Lake just has ice basically on the north side of the reservoir, but nothing fishable, I would say. Uh, we had ice thicknesses varying between one and a half and three inches there, uh, but I wouldn't say it was quality ice. It was pretty poor ice at, uh, at Grand Lake, but uh, I think that will be building pretty quick up in that area. Um, the South Park Lakes are, are doing fairly well. Uh, Terriel Reservoir has a lot of ice, 10-plus inches, clear ice, very hard ice. Um, Antero ice is going to vary anywhere between 8 and 10, uh, but it seems pretty solid. 11 mile, they probably out between 7 and 11 because it froze in four different positions. Um, so there's a lot of ice variations. But the South Park area um, is probably the most fishable ice in the state as far as I know of that I have checked, that I have stood on, and uh, that I feel confident in. No, you're absolutely right. You know, you mentioned the spud bar. A lot of times when I'm fishing these lower elevation lakes, if I think there's only going to be four or five inches of ice, I may not even take an auger because I'm going to check with my spud bar as I go. And it, if you've got a good spud bar, it doesn't take long to make a six, eight inch hole with a spud bar, even if you're just doing it to fish. And almost 
almost as quick as you can with an auger, and then that's forcing you to be using that spud bar to have it with and check the ice. A couple other things, I have a way to self-rescue, have ice picks. You shouldn't yep. go alone if the ice is questionable, and make sure there's somebody, you have ropes that you can throw to people, and just you know do a lot of these safety-conscious things. Most people, even if they do go through, and very few do, ice fishing is really safe if you use common sense. Most people come right back up. They just can't get out. So if you're with somebody and have a way to self-rescue, you just add to your own, um, you know, safety. I mean, absolutely. You know, you have things like the ascent suit by Clam, you know, so you have literally floating suits that are huge ropes. And then you just use caution. I mean, in the event of, uh, you know, a, a major incident, you know, if you go through, stay calm. You know, you have a lot of air in your suit. When you come up, Use that air to advantage. Instead of kicking and screaming and panicking where you're going to get your, your overall clothes uh, more wet and heavy, that first time you try to get out, you are extremely buoyant. So, you know, make the first attempt to get out if you ever went in. Uh, make that first attempt getting out the, the one that means the most. Because, again, while you have air in your clothes, um, there's a lot of flotation. You're going to bounce right out. So, uh, again, just, just have a plan. Use caution. Um, you know, where are your keys? Do people know where you're at? Or there's other anglers around? You know, don't go out in the dark. Um, all those kind of things. Again, just, uh, you know, just have that, that kind of cautionary, uh, stepping stone as you go out there and you'll be good. And again, the spud bar is huge. And you're right. I mean, I can, on six inches of ice or less, I can spud bar as fast as almost every auger out there. It's, uh, it's extremely quick. If you have a, a very good, sharp, uh, fairly heavy spud bar, you can get through almost any of the ice out there. So, Spud bars everything, and then uh, just keep caution on the ice. You know, and even when you're out there, you can be out there on windy days, and you can have ice deteriorate. The shorelines can break on you. Um, so it's an ever-changing year. I do think we're in for a pretty decent cold snap for a couple days. Um, that's definitely going to help us out in a lot of uh, a lot of different situations. Um, so we're really excited about that. But but just use caution, and then we'll be constantly doing updates. Uh, and a lot of people are worried about our tournaments uh, on our website, and more importantly, our Facebook page at Tightline Outdoors. Uh, we'll be doing updates at least every twenty four hours on what our thoughts are, what our plans are. Obviously, we rescheduled for uh, this next chat field, January 6th event. We pushed that to February 3rd. Uh, we'll be updating with uh, more information on all of that, uh, basically, again, every 24 hours. So you can always stay tuned for that for uh, current conditions, and feel free to always hit us up. We uh, try to keep up on the ice around the state. So if you have questions, we'd love to do our best to answer them. Well, and I, I really I really appreciate the fact that you're out there changing and checking and all that. And I want to get back to some of the places that you want to fish, and you're right exactly that this cold front is going to it's going to put some ice on some front range because it's supposed to be really cold for the next couple of days. And some of these small ones are going to become uh, probably fishable, but safety is going to be just paramount. And we'll talk yep. about a couple of those in a minute. I want to, if you got a few minutes to hang around, because yep. I, I just got a question. We got a question from somebody that Kevin called in, and it's actually a question about guns. And we'll get back to ice fishing, but you want to help me answer this? Absolutely. All right. Well, Kevin called in, and he goes, uh, uh, he goes, on what can you use like a different oil to use on your gun when you're goose hunting when it's cold so that they don't gum up so much? Well, uh, right away, a couple big things jumped out at me, and I want to get your opinion because you, you spend a little more time in the field hunting now than I do, even though I do quite a bit of shooting. But as a, as a shooter myself, I can tell you the first mistake people make isn't even necessarily the oil they use. It's almost everybody over oils a gun. Um, you 100%. Sh- you, you just, you just, you, I, when I oil my guns, I actually wipe the oil, any excess off. So it's just barely a film. 
um, because it's that's all you need. Any more than that is not only when it's cold, but it gathers dirt and gums up. And for the first thing I would do, I would tell them was get a good cleaner and just really clean the mechanisms up. I mean, just get everything out of there. Take apart every bit you can. And then just the tiniest film, and even in the winter sometimes, just using the combination cleaner lubricants is all you need. Now, what would you say, Nate? I'm the same way, Terry. You know, the biggest thing is everybody has existing oil on. So they might, whether they uh, are using a droplet or a spray, they oil and they leave it there. And, I mean, number one, it's cold. All of those are going to get a little more, you know, sticky, if you would say, uh, which can cause issues with gun. And the biggest thing is, generally speaking, I'd assume he's probably talking waterfowl, there's not a goose pit, a coffin blind, anything in the world that's not a, a dusty mess. So any oil you have is obviously going to gather stuff. Even if it's micro, um, you're going to be gathering dust particles, and that's really where everything falls apart. So number one, just I mean, even just cleaning it uh, and just having a very clean gun is, is dramatically going to help. And then when you do oil it, make sure you wipe it off. I mean, so again, if you're wiping it off, you do not want anything gooey, sticky. I mean, you almost want to be able to, to touch any portion of your gun and touch a white shirt and leave no marks. So wiping it down and wiping all the excess oil off is, is number one. The other big thing I do, um, I get a soft gun case. Everybody has hard gun cases now. I buy a, a cheap, soft gun case, something that zips all the way. So some of your softer gun cases are going to zip halfway on a soft case. I get one that zips all the way down, and whether I'm laying in a goose pit or I'm, you know, in a pit itself, or I'm in a coffin by whatever. Um, I always have that gun case, that my gun in a gun case. I don't zip it, so I'm still fast. So literally, I just set it on the tip of the barrel, slide it in there. It's more just something covering it. Um, then when you know the the birds come in, you just pull it out. It literally, you're not losing a uh, but it's keeping all of that excess dust and debris and everything else that's out there in that field um, off your firearm, and that's dramatically going to help. So, number one, clean. Two, wipe that oil off. And three, I try to keep it covered best I can, and that, that's dramatically going to help in all those situations. Well, and before we move on, because there's a couple other things I want to talk to you about, and one is the brand of stuff you do use. Now, there's a number of great gun cleaning fluids out there, and I'll use something like hops or something, but lately, if... Uh, the only time I put oil on my firearms is if I'm storing them for any length of time. A lot of times I, I do a, my final cleaning with these combination cleaner lubricants. And then there may be a few parts of the action I'll put a tiny oil film on. But even that combination, it does leave fairly clean, but it leaves enough residue where the action works fine and I'm not going to get that gumming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any, Less any, is more in that situation. Any brands you recommend or particular you types? Know, I, I do, I've been doing a lot of just the, the basic cold oil, and I even do a lot of oil, but the biggest thing is I almost just scrub it off. I mean, that's my biggest thing. I, I clean all my gun parts, then I oil them uh, with a very, you know, again, I have three or four different oils that have been running. But I, I literally almost am scrubbing it with, uh, with a rag, per se, to, to get almost all the oil off to where it's still acting as a lubricant. But very rarely do I even can you tell that I oiled it, uh, just the fact to avoid any of that gumming. Even, even in my barrels, I, after I put out, uh, some oil in there, I run a patch through after the oil. Oh, definitely. hundred percent. I mean, multiple patches. I mean, I, I don't ever want to be able to tell that I oiled my gun. Yeah. Sure. Okay, now before we get back to ice fishing, we do have one matter to address. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but Chad is now claiming injury for the ha casting contest. He was cooking uh, a holiday dinner, and he claims he uh, 
cut up his fingertips on a mandolin slicing potatoes. Um, Ronnie you had know? already Ronnie had already told him that he should never use a mandolin, but that I uh, do you think this is true? He's injured, or is he looking for a sandbag? I, I definitely feel that he's injured. I am just concerned that he uh, he's going to this level to hurt himself to uh, to have an out against uh, doing some tasking against myself. Um, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't see him doing inflicting self injury, um, to have that excuse. But, uh, I mean, if he, if he wants to take it to that level, um, that's the level we're going to go. And I can, uh, I can tell you that I, I don't really have a lot of mercy for that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, we guide, uh, I know myself, I guide with the flu. I've guided with Giardia, you know, cough, cold, uh, the fishing and hunting industry is one that, uh, that you grind through. It's a grind industry. So. Hurt or not, uh, I hope he uh, hope he shows up and performs well. Well, I, I think that first of all, an outdoor guy should be slicing potatoes with a knife. What's he doing with a mandolin? I don't even know what a mandolin is. A mandolin is this little flat thing you slide the vegetables over and it gives you these thin slices. But if you're an outdoor yeah, guy, you're not using a mandolin. You're using I don't a knife. Own one of those, I can tell you. Yeah, that. I don't either. I mean, come on, knife skills, Chad. Knife skills. You have a fillet knife. I cut my I cut my elk up with it. I cut my potatoes. I cut my fish, and I'm good to go. Yeah, exactly right. Now people should remember that Chad was using a mandolin because that could come up later on in the show to win some Absolutely. tickets here. They should remember Absolutely. that. All right, Nate. Now, before, yeah, we go, exactly. before we go, before we go. Um, give us you know, where would you go ice fishing after these next couple cold days? You think, and maybe a quick roundup of the dates of the tournament. You know, absolutely. So, uh, you know, ice addiction. Go to our website. Go to our Facebook page. We'll have updates. Um, our next official scheduled event is at Boyd. Um, you know, coming up here uh, the third weekend of January. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Hopefully, that ice is going to be good. We know we had guys on the ice this morning in the the marina area. Um, so stay tuned for that. The January sixth event is now pushed to February third. Again, go to our website for all the details on that. If I was fishing uh, soon, I can tell you the the four inches of ice in the back end of Chatfield. Again, we got to use extreme caution, but if, and I really use the word if, it's cold for the next two days, um, and that ice uh, grows that five inches, it hardens up, and if I do have fishable ice, um, that's going to be number one on my hit list. Our shad population is lower than it has been in probably 11 years, um, and I am really anticipating a, a phenomenal walleye bite at Chatfield this year through the ice. So uh, that's definitely going to be my number one on my hit list uh, as long as that fishable ice hits here by Monday, Tuesday. Um, if not, Ontario is still definitely a hot spot. The biggest thing in Ontario is avoiding the crowds. If you show up and you have old holes or anglers within 100 yards ago, I would move on. I would try to find fresh ice, fresh fish, um, and you're going to catch a lot of fish there. All right, my friend. Uh, Spent a little time together today, but it was worth it. A lot of good information. I think it's a time when we really have to keep people on top of their game and make sure everybody oh, has a, a great, happy new year and they enjoy the outdoors. Nate, uh, we will talk to you again next week. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. That's Nate Zielinski. Always a great. Um, we're going to take a time out here in a minute. And by the way, I think um, if anybody is uh, was listening to the uh, the conversation about the casting contest that's coming up, talked about earlier, and Nate and Chad, of course, are on teams pitted against each other. I think the first caller at 303-713-1043 that um, can tell us the apparatus that Ch- that Chad injured himself on. Um, we'll give you two tickets uh, to go to the ISE show. So the first caller that can tell us the apparatus that Chad uh, injured his casting hand on. We will need to know that. All right. Terry Works from Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire.
You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and we are proudly brought to you by Sportsman's Warehouse. And speaking of Sportsman's Warehouse, I have a contest here for the texters in the audience. Um, you heard Nate and I talking about the mistakes they make when your gun gums up in the field cold or dirty. And the first person that texts 303-713-1043, and this is a text now, 303-713-1043, the first person to text me what mistake did Nate and I say causes those guns to gum up either in cold or dirt. And that person will get a $25 gift card to Sportsman's Warehouse for texting that in. So go ahead and let us uh, see if you've been listening and paying attention. And we're going to be giving away some ISE tickets yet uh, yet this hour. And don't forget, the ISE, um, we're going to do a ticket giveaway on the fans' Facebook page. I believe it starts January 1st, but with the holiday. Anyway, next week, it's going to only be up for a few days where you'll be able to make a comment on a, a Facebook page. I think you just put hashtag ISE. I'll have more specifics. Specifics will be on the page. But you just go to and go to the page. There will be a Facebook post and make a comment, and you'll be entered for tickets um, in that. We're also giving away a gear bag at ISE that it the number one way to enter is to come by my live broadcast on the 13th. But we're going to have another way to enter this too. And get this, it's a... King's Camp Core Hunter Day Pack valued at about $130. And with all the equipment we're sending with it, it's a $375 value. Now they will they will have um we will have somebody with an iPod when I do my live broadcast on Saturday morning there that you can register. But we're gonna put a contest contest page up also on the uh on the uh the fan website for that. Facebook for the tickets. The website, uh, the website for that. So you want to pay attention. If you don't win tickets here, you'll have a chance to win some there, plus the giveaway. Now, before we, I want to bring you up to date real quick before I go to break. I want to make this quick because we've got Jr. waiting to talk some shotgunning with us. We want to get to him, but I want to tell you that um, I did. I went out and did some checking. You heard Nate and I checking. I know they're catching a lot of fish up at Red Feathers, and the ice seems fairly significant up there. You shouldn't have an issue. You can park right by the bathrooms. You don't typically catch a lot of big fish. Unless you want to walk into Parvin, you you have a better chance of big fish, but it's flies and lures only. But if you want to just go up and catch some fish, Dowdy and West are fishing really well. Everybody I've talked to is catching fish, having a good time. Great place to take a kid because you get the bathrooms. Significant ice. Uh, always check. But it looks like it should be very safe and fishable, but I always check. I believe North Michigan is doing well. Now, I was out on Douglas Reservoir earlier this week before this warm front hit. Wind was blowing. There was about three and a half to four and a half inches of ice. Uh, I wouldn't probably be out there today. I don't know because it's probably, it probably took a beating in that warm wind we had up in Fort Collins. Couple of days of cold weather here. You may want to check it because they've stocked recently stocked it, and there's also fish like sagar, sagar and perch and walleyes and other fish in there. So it's a variety of species available. Not to mention the trout. But be extremely careful if you go check there, and make sure you're very careful and check the ice because I wouldn't want you going out there. Brad Peterson was out checking the eastern reservoirs. He found some ice. Now this was, you know, it was uh, yesterday, and we're not sure how it held up. But he found some ice out at Jackson Lake, and he's hearing Sterling and Jumbo have some ice. Those areas didn't get as warm as it did here right on the front range. So you very easily might be able to find ice there. I would call and check. 
But all three of those can feature crappies and walleyes, and they do have some trout in them. So they might offer you an opportunity. But I would definitely call and talk to them and, and make sure you check it. And follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We'll try to keep you with the most updated information, both on ISE, what's going on, tickets, how you can win, and on ice conditions. And then we're, we put some shows up. Another thing, if you really want to learn how to use a spud bar, I want you to go to my um, Facebook, I'm, I'm my YouTube channel, and go to the North Michigan Reservoir Ice Fishing Show. You'll get a clinic on electronics and using a spud bar to check the ice. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you by Sportsman's Warehouse, Colorado's premier outfitter. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. We're going to go right to the phones. And we were just talking about um, the ISE show. And these folks will be joining us down there, as they are, do every year, talking to JR from Colorado Clays. And JR, we're going to see you down there in just a couple weeks. Yes, Terry. We always look forward to seeing you down there. It's a great show. Well, you know, let's start out first by, in case people haven't, it's hard to believe people wouldn't listen every week to my show, but there are some that miss a week occasionally, right. and they might they might not know about Colorado Clays, so kind of just give them the Reader's Digest version about who you are. Well, Terry, first, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and wish everyone a fantastic start to 2018, and I want to thank all the great people that visited Colorado Clays this past year to enjoy themselves and, you know, certainly fulfill all of their shooting needs, so... Um, Colorado Clays, of course, we are Colorado's premier public shooting facility. Um, we have the best staff anywhere providing um, a safe, professional, and friendly atmosphere for everyone in our state-of-the-art facility. It's very clean, well-maintained, user-friendly, and even handicap-accessible. So at Colorado Clays, we do feature um, something for everyone. So let's start. We do have five certified ATA traps on our trap line that can throw um, ATA regulation targets. Um, we have a couple of skeet fields that have wobble trap overlays. So our NSSA skeet fields also have the wobble trap, which is regular trap with elevation, and it's probably hands down our most popular upland bird practice tool. Um, we have one trap, Terry, and we've talked about this, that's dedicated just for the beginning shooter or possibly lessons or even advanced shooters wanting to just work on their mechanics. It's a, it's a really good tool in itself. And um, finally, on the shotgun side, our 15-station sporting clays course is second to none. Uh, sit down in the creek bottom with target presentations, um, everything imaginable. So, um, And then if we go to our rifle and pistol facility, of course, we have a 100-yard rifle range with 10 bays available. Um, this is a state-of-the-art um, NRA-approved range that has telephoto cameras on your target and monitors in each bay for real-time sight-in, and then a beautiful 25-yard target return uh, pistol range. So um, both of those have some heat in them so we can shoot all year. Um, we've got it all covered. Hey, uh, it's a fantastic facility for shooters of any kind. And it just so happens that during a segment with Nate and I a little earlier, we had a question called in from a shotgunner. And maybe you, well, I want to get your opinion on it real quick. Sure. The guy called in and he said his uh, during the cold weather, his goose gun gums up. And he wanted to know 
what we would recommend a different brand of oil to use. My recommendation, and I didn't have a brand in mind, and maybe you can help with this, um, was that the biggest mistake most shooters of all disciplines do is they over-oil guns. Then you build up dirt, and it does get gummy. But I always put just the thinnest film and wipe it off. But do you have any suggestions for him? Well, Terry, you're right. You're right on track with that. And we do see this even, uh, you know, people shooting on the cold days out here, particularly the semi-autos, don't like to cycle. Um, maintaining a gun, keeping it clean is number one, period. But there are also different viscosities of oils and, you know, oils that react to cold differently. So sometimes it's trial and error, but a thinner coat, a thinner oil, or possibly even a PTFE-based oil can give you uh, fluid motion in colder weathers than, say, a heavier oil can. And, of course, over-oiling anything um, doesn't do you any good. If it's dripping out, you're probably just collecting dirt. And if there is any uh, film thickness issues going on your tolerances, it's just going to get worse by having that. So good call on that. Any brand you recommend? Um, you know, Terry, there's so many out there. I, I don't particularly, um, you know, necessarily push one or the other. We have multiples in stock here. Uh, all of them, I think using the appropriate oil for the temperatures and stuff you're going to do is more important than worrying about which brand it is. Uh, do a little bit of research. Find one that uh, might boast being better in cold weathers and try that. That's the best route to go. Now, what I want to ask you, this leads to another point I wanted to bring up with you, and that's it. We're always telling people about your facility and the, not only how good the facility is, but your staff, how knowledgeable to answer these kind of questions or just come out if you're a starting shooter or an advanced shooter. We encourage you want people to come out to Colorado Clays. They don't have to come out to shoot. They don't have to spend a penny, but come out and kick the tires and look around. Some people just, even though it's close, don't make that drive. So they're going to have an opportunity at ISC. You guys are going to be there the whole show where they can really stop by and talk and meet you guys face to face. Yeah, great point, Terry. And, you know, each year uh, Colorado Clays has a booth at the Sportsman Show. And, you know, of course, it's a great way to let people, you know, that may not be familiar with our operation know who we are and what we offer and where we're at. But it's also a unique opportunity for really anyone to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Doug, Corey, or myself regarding, you know, specific individual needs, possibly group interests or scheduling events. And I'm telling you, each year at the show, uh, we help countless people with anything from, you know, their personal shooting needs to setting up either family or friend events, um, bachelor parties, weddings, and, and of course, Terry, you know, what we specialize in, which is these corporate and fundraiser shooting events from the very, very small ones up to the largest um, that take place. So definitely come talk to us about that. That's what we're there for, and this will give you a rare opportunity to really uh, feel it all out and get an idea uh, how we do things at Colorado Clays. Right, and I see you'll be there the whole show. You're just down the aisle from where I am at the tank, so people can stop by, and I'll point them in your direction. Last thing, we're running out of time here, JR, and that's that I know you have these popular trap leagues that go on, but people wait too long to put their teams together. I think you wanted to sh shout out a reminder to start getting ready. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Terry. It's true. Uh, one of the greatest times you can have 
um, is uh, a Colorado Clay Springer Summer Trap League. Get together a team, you know, five people best. If you can't get that many, get a hold of us ahead of time, and we'll uh, we'll team you up with some other people. But we do Wednesday nights. Um, we shoot from about five to seven. We generally have thirty some teams. Uh, everybody does their shooting. We have a great time. We'll pull out the grills and 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 just have a, a real almost picnic type evening it's it's a fun time and uh it's hard to beat so definitely get ahead of us ahead of time and uh we'll get you set up all right we are out of time jr but we will talk to you i'll see you at ic in just a couple weeks sounds good terry we'll see you there thank Thank you you. thank you my friend jr from colorado clays great guy great people all around there hey you know terry wickstrom outdoors is brought to you by honey smoked salmon um the smoked salmon from the honey smoked fish company colorado's own smoked fish company one of the best i mean this product is off the charts unbelievable and it's just uh, it's just so, so, so good. And right now at the holidays, there's no better time. If you're invited to a holiday party and you want to be the hit, you don't have to do any work. Stop by almost any of the large supermarket chains and go in and get a couple packages of Honey Smoke Fish Company smoked salmon. Get a box of crackers. Show up where you're going. Take the salmon out. Lay it nicely on the plate. Surround it with the crackers. I'll guarantee it'll be the first one gone. And everybody who's never had honey smoked salmon before is going to be saying, where did you get that? What was it? It was so moist. It was so fresh. It didn't taste like smoked fish. It tastes like fresh salmon that's just been baked. It was so fantastic. They will do that for you. Now, before I end this segment, I'm going to give away two more tickets to International Sportsman's Exposition. And then we're going to talk to Al Norker about his seminar. The, what I'm going to tell the question now is, if you call 303-713-1043, 303 303- 713-1043. And what did JR say you need to be getting ready for right now? Getting signed up for because it's coming soon. First caller to answer that question gets uh, two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company, Smoke Salmon. The secret is in the fire. One of my favorite Eagles songs, Take It to the Limit. Love this song. Terry Oakstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. We are going right to the phones and joining me, uh, gosh, I first met this. He's been in the tackle industry for decades. I first met him when he was actually coming out with a, a, a new design, new products. And one of those lines of products was aimed at uh, ladies fly fishing. It was rods designed for a lady's hand. It was waders to fit ladies. Uh, just a whole range of gear. And now he's taking things a little bit further. And I'd like to welcome Al Noricker to the show. Good morning, Al. Well, Terry, good morning. Great to talk to you again. I don't know how long we've known each other, but gosh, it's been forever. And you've, um, aside being an avid angler and in the tackle industry, and by the way, tell people where you work now. Okay, so I work for a fairly new company in the tackle industry called Casking Fishing. Uh, the, the company is called Eposidon Outdoors, but we market under a brand called Casking. It's only about two and a half years old, but one of the fastest growing companies in the entire fishing tackle industry. And uh, it's just really, really exciting. Now, you've always had a propensity not only for bringing new products to the industry and innovative products for all types of anglers, conventional fly fishing, men, women, whatever, but you've always 
um, wanted to make sure you included the women in the products you bring. And I can't help but believe that you're not working on new products. But this year at ISE in a couple of weeks, you're going to take that a little further. In fact, you're going to do a seminar on Sunday uh, at ISE that's really about getting women into fly fishing. Is that right? That's exactly correct. You know, uh, this sport is uh, growing, but one of the fastest-growing segments in fly fishing today is uh, the fact that ladies are getting more involved in the sport, and I just think that's wonderful. So, you know, over the last, I don't know, decade or so, I've had the tremendous uh, pleasure of being able to teach uh, a lot of ladies how to get started in fly fishing, and, and to really make it simple. So I've created this little system I call the missile system. Make it simple, ladies. And I want to make this as easy as possible because so many people look at fly fishing and they think it's a, you know, a very difficult sport. It's really not. And uh, what I'm going to attempt to do in a very short period of time at the, uh, uh, the ISE show next Sunday, or I guess it's... Uh, two Sundays. 14th. Yeah, two Sundays, correct, two Sundays. Uh, starting at 11:30, we're going to look at all the ways to make fly fishing as simple as possible, and really break it down to the basics, and show everybody that they can get started in this wonderful sport uh, without a lot of gear, without a lot of equipment, and with just a little bit of knowledge, you can go out and just have a great time fly fishing. Well, I think you and I can attest to one time we were filming a television show together, and we won't mention any names, but you and I caught a lot of fish at this location, and we were making short casts, the close seams. We had somebody with us that tried to make it more complicated than need to be. They tried to make perfect long casts all the time, and then after a couple times of barely having the fly in the water would change. And people just overthink fly fishing, don't they? I think so. You know, when you mention short casts, I think that is uh, one really important thing because so many people see these beautiful images of these long, perfect loop, straight line casts, and they think that's what you have to do to be able to catch a fish. Well, I, you know, I guess I've been fly fishing for over 50 years, Terry, and I can tell you that more than 80% of every fish that I've caught in that 50 years has been less than 30 feet from my feet. Well, so it's, you, not a, it's not a matter of making a long cast. It's a matter of making the right cast. Well, I can tell you, if it took a pretty cast to catch fish fly fishing, I'd be skunked every time. But, I, <laughs> but I, I have a lot of knowledge of understanding fish behavior, and I understand that sometimes it's just a... Just a I can tell you a quick story. Karen's very first time fly fishing... Um, she, she said, tie on a fly that you don't care if I lose it. And I had this ugly, what I had tried to tie an elk or caddis that blew up on me. And I don't know what it looked like. And we we're up at Rocky Mountain National Park, and she would let the water drift that fly, you know, maybe 10, 20 feet behind her, and then just flip it over into the seam in front of her. That's all she did. First time fishing a fly rod. I'm out there trying to make these perfect presentations, and she was beating me five to one. That's right. That's right. Keep your fly in the water, and you're going to do a lot better. Oh, it really is. So it's, uh, we need to wrap it up kind of quickly here. Oh, we've got a couple minutes, but it's going to be Sunday, and you're aiming it at women, but really anybody can attend. But I think part of the reason you want to aim it at women, too, is first, because of pioneers like you, there's so much equipment out there for women now that fits them properly, that fits their hand, the waders that fit them. But also because I think they get sometimes intimidated if they try to learn from their husband. This gets them kind of a little start, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it's going to be very simple. We're going to speak to anybody who's new to fly fishing. Now, anybody who's very experienced is welcome to attend as well, and they might even pick up a few tips. But we're going to target those people that are new to the sport, and we're going to really simplify this. We're not going to go into a lot of detail on equipment or those type of things. We're going to talk about some uh, basic needs that you don't have to spend a lot of money on. We're going to talk about just a few of the right flies that you can go almost anywhere and catch fish with and a few presentation techniques. And, of course, it's really important to remember, this is a great family sport as well. This is something you can do in still water, uh, in rivers, almost any place you can go. You can enjoy the sport of fly fishing with just a very little uh, knowledge and some simple techniques. Okay, about 20 seconds left. You're also going to be available next week at the fly show. Absolutely. You know, this is show season, so over the next 60 days, I'm going to be crisscrossing the country talking to anglers. Uh, next week, I'll be at the, uh, at the Denver Fly Show um, from Friday through Sunday, and then the ISE show after that, and then out to Portland and Edison, New Jersey, and all over the country. So it's a busy time of the year. All right, my friend, we have to let you go, but the most important thing is you and I have to find a way to get on the water again. I'd look forward to that, Terry. Al, thank you so much. Great Great for the community, great for the angling industry. Great to have you active and really out there, and thank you so much. Thanks, Terry. You have a great day. You bet. Al Norker, he'll be there. Just another great attendee. All right, a couple things I want to um, I want to get to real quick. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of contests coming up here in the next few months, actually. We're going to be, we're going to not only have the on-air stuff, but we're going to have tickets for ISE and a gear package for ISE that we're giving away on uh the fans, Facebook, and web. We will post links to how you do that as soon as they become available on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. So you want to follow that, okay? Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, go like the page. We also are going to start something next year, we believe, called Terry's 20-Year Trivia in honor of 20 years on this radio show. We're going to give tips and trivia th- um, moment things on our Facebook page that you'll have to know on Saturday to win prizes up to $100. So we want you to follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're going to wrap this show up. We want to thank Karen for keeping me walk the line, Kyle for keeping things straight. Join us every Saturday from 9 to 11 right here on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to rejoin the, we're going to join the Liberty Bowl in process at the top of the hour. Will the Eagles take us there?